Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello Mark. Hi Cas, nice seeing you again. We're talking about Varsity Cup, the Varsity Cup that kicked off this week. Um, first round of games were played. Um, Northwest University Eagles 47 against the Madibas 28. University of the Western Cape 28. University of the Free State Shimlas 28. University of Cape Town, Ikees 26, beating Marty's, the big upset, 20. Uh, CUT, 46, UJ, 13. Tux, 48, versus Wits, 25. Mark, your thoughts? Well, firstly, it's nice to have the Varsity Cup and the Varsity Shield back on track again after um, not seeing the students play for, for quite a while due to COVID. Um, as we know, the players are in a bubble currently for 10 days, so Varsity Cup has started this week, and next week it's what, time for the Varsity Shield boys. All the games would be televised live from yes, a Shield are. perspective, which is nice because that's normally yes. not the case, and you know the players can showcase their stuff. Um, if you look at the games that, that were played this, uh, this last week, um, you know, you're rightfully saying that there were a few upsets. What is nice to see, though, is typical student rugby. There were some yes. phenomenal tries scored. Um, there's some youngsters that, that in all positions, um, doesn't matter what their sizes are because there's some small kids playing. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what they look like or how they operate, but, you know, these youngsters definitely have the skills in that and, and South Africa is in a good space if uh, we play a brand of rugby like that but it's typical to, to varsity rugby but uh, you know if you once spoke about a specific uh, game that you said UCT and, and Marty's and as, as an upset and and you're probably right seeing that, that Marty's has been undefeated I think for the last 20 games 25 games um, you undefeated know, so for 25 games and now they went and lost this one you know, so in, in that specific sense, I think it's an upset. Yes. But, I mean, the Ikees themselves, they're a, they're a phenomenal varsity with uh, good players and, and they've always been there and then, you know, and, and played good rugby. So, um, but I think it is an upset in that, in that, in that sense. So, um, they've, they've done well and the coaches, the coaches obviously have prepared their teams in, in different ways to try and make that a specific one, and what is what is also important here is that all these teams, barring Turkeys, are playing away from home. So yes. um, that was a neutral venue, and who knows? That could have been part of part of the reason that they did well. Yeah, but also what makes it an upset is that UCT played with thirteen men for quite a while, and um, Marty still couldn't score against them, and they actually. UCT actually scored yes, with 13 men. Yes. No, 100%. And look, it's happened It's happened all over the world. We, I mean, even at international rugby. I mean, South Africa, I can't remember who we played. Uh, I think it was England way back when. And I think it was, I uh, speak under correction now yet again, I think it was Bucky's Buerta that was sent off early in the game. Um, you know, that game, that game was a tough game for us against England and we lost. But you get games where it actually works for you, where a player gets sent off early and the, and the team stick together and they yes. decide to yeah. play. And obviously, from a from a Ike's perspective, that's exactly what happened. So uh, and and good for them. You know, it's 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 nice to see other teams dominate for a change. You know, yes. so otherwise otherwise it becomes monotonous. And and they played well, so well deserved.
Then the other thing that stood out is um, seeing that uh, UJ tried to to open up this year's cup with a with a win after losing all five of their games last year, and um, they went down to CUT, yeah. which is quite sad actually to think that um, UJ six in a row now in the Varsity Cup. That is, it's it's sad for UJ yes. if you if you're a UJ supporter. But uh, for CUT, you know, uh, for them to, to step up the plate and, and to comprehensively beating UJ is a, is a massive statement that they're making, more so the first round of, of the competition. Um, one would just hope they, they'd be able to continue with that throughout the competition and stake a claim. For, because one mustn't forget, when Varsity Cup and Varsity Shield started, they were actually in the, in the Varsity Shield. And they had yes. to win and get promoted into the cup, and now they put on a, a, a good performance against UJ. Yeah. Then, from a coaching point of view, it's nice to see that um, some of the the big names in South African coaching is is now in the varsity shield, being in in uh, full true. That's true. It's 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 nice for you know ex Springbok coaches, albeit sevens or or 15s, Peter de Villiers himself, the ex-Springbok coach, was a, was a varsity shield coach, I think, at U, um, University of Western Cape himself. You know, so it's, it's, so it's nice for, for coaches like that to, to give back. And what's important there, other than the players, it's the coaches that are with them, that are learning and developing, that can feed off their energy and, and their know-how. So it's great for, for our rugby. Now, and looking through the names, the players' names, there's no name that actually stood out as a... As a a well-known player. It's all new names. The games going forward this week um, on Thursday, the 8th of April at Loftus Fashfeld. We've got Medivas playing uh, CUT. We've got Vitz versus Aikis. We've got University of Free State Shimlas versus the uh, Northwest University Eagles. And then on the second round on Thursday, we have Martys versus University of the Western Cape. UJ playing Tux on the Tux B field. So also quite a, a couple of good games here. No, definitely. And and you know if you if you look at the results of the previous game and you take it into that specific round that you're referring to now, there might be a few upsets yet again. Um, I'm sure there's going to be. the sides that that. Caused the upsets in the first round, they obviously will back themselves and not yes. believe it's an upset because they believe they, they prepared for that. Good you know? enough but for it. it's, as I said, it's absolutely great for, for South African rugby and just good to see the students back on the field. Yes. Then going to schools and club rugby, um, we finally got the, the go-ahead for schools and clubs to resume play. Um, although under very strict COVID regulations, the clubs are allowed to start playing on the 12th of April and the schools on the 23rd of April, um, although all of these games will be played without spectators. Uh, look, yet again, it's it's quite sad that there won't be any spectators uh, allowed to attend these matches. But, you know, if you look worldwide, even in your professional sport, certain countries allow it um, yes. with obviously strict regulations and how many are allowed to attend and that. But... You know, for, for clubs that uh, need to follow the COVID rules and regulations, it's not as strict for us 
as it is at a professional level in the sense of testing and so on and yes. so forth, because obviously there's a, there's a financial implication there. Um, but so more is the responsibility of the COVID team to ensure player and coaches' safety. Yes. So, um, but, you know, from the players and from coaches, all we want to do is get back onto the park and play. Um, these guys haven't played rugby in more than a year. And um, hopefully, hopefully COVID and the third and the fourth wave will stay away so we can have some club rugby. And, and you know, club rugby are the feeders for your provincial provincial sides and that. You know, you look at schoolboy rugby, for argument's sake. These kids don't play in two years. Yes. Then where do your future professional players come from? Having said that, that the Craven Week and the Grand Coma Week has also been given the green light. Yes. So um, they those competitions will take place in July. Um, so which is great. So let's hope let's hope everything stays on track as it is currently, and we see some good rugby being played. I'm sure we're going to see some good rugby. I'm sure the schoolboys wants to get back on the field. So do the the club players. Then the Springboks preparing for the for the Lions tour. Um, the Springboks management management team, Rassi Erasmus, Jock Ninaba, and the and the rest of the management team has got what they call the alignment camps, um, where the management is touring to the different big centres. They were in Johannesburg with the Lions and the Bulls together. They'll be in Durban on Thursday with the Sharks. Then flying back to Cape Town on Friday, and they'll be with the with the Stormers on Monday, and then in Bloemfontein on Wednesday, and then in the weeks coming they'll go to the United Kingdom, Ireland, France, and Japan. I think Rassi's got something up his sleeve here. Well, isn't it nice to be part of the Springbok setup? They're touring all over the show, and there's <laughs> yes, no rugby. <laughs> um, but obviously, from from a more serious point of view, this is, uh, as you said, the alignment of it um, yes. to to speak to players and to inform them as to what the plans are. Um, their first four stops, obviously, is at the at the or five stops is at the unions to yes. speak to their management as to what they're expecting of them in the in the coming games that these the provincial unions are going to be playing. But more so, I, th I suppose, the players, you know, to, to let the players know where they stand and what they're looking for and, and what they need to achieve for them to be elected or selected to play for the Springboks. Because, let's face it, the Lions tour is a massive one. You know, as we all know, every 12 years they tour a specific country, um, either South Africa, New Zealand or Australia. Not often does it, does it happen that they touring the country where you are the world champions and ranked yes. number one in the world. Um, and South Africa have got big boots to fill you, you know, other than all the other pressures that I've just referred to in being world champions and world number one, we haven't played rugby in, since the World Cup. We you know, where played. all the other countries have played, have at least played as, as a country. So uh, we've, got, we've got massive boots to fill, but I think, you know, if the, if the players can buy in to the plans that the coaches have and, and manage have going forward. I mean, we're talking three months from now. Um, three months. There's not much time. So I'm sure we'll be up and ready for that. But then also Rassi sits, or not Rassi, but Jock Ninova has got the challenges now with a guy like Luit de Jager that went and broke his leg this week. Um, freak accident at uh, um, Sales Sharks. Apparently he went down, slipped on a rugby ball. And he broke his leg. 
Uh, one would want to know what was he doing on a rugby ball, you know, instead of carrying it in his hand. But, I mean, those are freaky things that do happen. Do uh, happen. Unfortunately, a broken leg, three months might not be enough yeah. time for him to recover. Um, you know, if you look at our World Cup locks, we spoke earlier off-air that Ergio Sneeman is still injured. Yes. He still has to come back. You know, so it only leaves... If you look at if you look at the guys that played in the World Cup, you're looking at Mostert and at Etzebet. Etzebet, yes. Um, and then you start worrying a little bit as a coach as to who your next best player is. But having said that, if you look at the preparation cup that we played, definitely um, and guys. we're going into the yes. pro pro 16 now. We have got guys that have stepped up to the plate. You know, they might not be international standard ready, if it makes sense what I'm saying, yes. um, because they might not have played any Springbok games or so, but I mean, they are professional and they'll definitely step up to the plate. And I think the coaching staff might have their hands full, but the guys will be prepared. And it gives players that haven't been part of the squad the opportunity really? now to say, well, there are two injuries, what are my chances? Coaches are going to speak to them now and they'll know exactly where they stand. They know, yes. And I'm sure a player that knows that he'd done well in the in the Preparations Cup and, and, and going into the the super or the pro 14 now he knows there's an opportunity and if he puts his hands up he, he's in look what what under under Rashi Erasmus under his management until Jock took over um, what they did well is that they were open and honest with all the players yes. so they don't have an issue now where they speak to player X where and they say you might be part of this or this is what we're looking at and the player goes mm, do we trust what the coach is saying they know that whatever Jock and, and Rossi have put in place over the last two years will still stand because they are there, they know they can trust him, they know the system, everything is in place. It's just now a matter of being at the right place at the right time and you performing. So everything goes back to the players. If they put their hands up, they know they'll be selected. Well, I'm sure in this alignment camps, what they call it, alignment camps, it will come out and the players will definitely get the yeah, no, 100%. The full I think story. I think we'll we'll be there and thereabout. And then staying with Springbok rugby talking about the World Cup 2023. Um, I see all the the travel packages have been launched or most of them have been launched and they are available um, from various travel agencies and, and companies. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, it's exciting, firstly, um, that we're there again and that you can actually book a spot to go. I think the concern here is, and obviously there will be insurances in place and, and COVID regulations as to possible refunds and, and whatever, should there be an issue. Um, in South Africa, though, we don't have a problem because we, we live in the country. Um, it's the it's the overseas-based spectators that need to come in, knowing that everything is, is is okay in South Africa. And you know, if you can afford it, it's it's nearly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go and see your your country play against someone. And to play South Africa as a world team, World Cup winning side, yeah. you know, and and going to France and that, you know, it's it's I think it's magic. And if people can afford it, it's a place to go. Yeah, and obviously the defence of the title will happen on the 10th of, of September in 2020, uh, 2023 yeah. against Scotland in Marseille. 
So, um, you know, if you look at the way the French have been playing and they're going to be playing at home, I think it's going to be a difficult nut to crack. It's going to be a difficult um, nut. But, I mean, everyone has been in the same boat. Some countries might have started earlier. A preparation would be there. If you look at the Six Nations, um, there's a few sides there, Wales included, Scotland. Yes, Scotland. Um, the only one where the question mark was really at was uh, England. England, yes. Because you can't really put in, uh, Italy in the same state because they tradi no, be traditional strugglers. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, traditionally they say the Southern Hemisphere is stronger than the Northern Hemisphere. But I think the, the teams have moved so close to each other now that on any given day, any team can win. Well, Rassi showed us with the last World Cup that you can change a team in 18 months and this World Cup is two years away. So a lot of things can still happen. It's possible. Even with England, I mean, they are quality. They are quality outfit. You know, so you can't, you can't go. Uh, even if, even if, a guy like Eddie Jones stays, I mean, he's a astute coach. He, yes. uh, he hopefully, and he would probably have learned from whatever he might have made mistakes by selection or structures that they played or whatever. But they'll be a different team when the World Cup comes, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough battle. I think the top five or six teams in the world then. Um, you'll have to pull out all the stops to win. Yes. Thank you, Mark. Once again, thank you for all your, your input and your thoughts. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Gus. Always nice sharing some, some rugby knowledge. And, you know, as always, we say it's just our personal view. Um, when we speak sharks for argument's sake, we don't speak on their behalf or on behalf of the Springboks. It's just our own personal view. But it's always nice being here. Um, looking forward to the next few weeks. We've got some exciting names lined up as, as hosts on our show. We have, um, indeed have. Once they confirm, maybe we'll drop the odd name. We definitely have. Thank you very much. From Touchline, thank you very much for joining us. And have a great rugby week.